Hi, this is Colin Shaw with a special offer. At the end of the show, I'm going to give you a link that you'll be able to use to benchmark your organisation to find out where you are today in this new and exciting world of behavioural economics and customer experience. We will compare your results against other organisations. All you simply need to do is to fill out a short questionnaire. And the best bit is the report is free. Stay tuned to After the Show. Welcome to The Intuitive Customer where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line by embracing behavioral economics. And now, here are your hosts, world-renowned thought leader on customer experience, Colin Shaw, and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. So a few years ago, Ryan, I bought myself a Mont Blanc pen. Uh, and I Was I this loved- when you were knighted by Her Majesty? <laughs> It was the day after. Yeah, well, you've yes. got to treat yourself. Yes, and please call me Sir Colin Shaw now. Exactly. That would be much, much better. Yeah. Yes. Um, no, I haven't been knighted, unfortunately. I'm, I'm still waiting for that honour. Um, yeah. So um, so the interesting thing for me is uh, I, 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 I really enjoyed writing with my pen, but the reality is, um, and in fact, I now have three pens, um, a pencil and a rollable. Um, and but the reality is, is I, I sometimes look at it and think, why am I using these? Because you know what? This is just about writing. I could you know, I could write with a big pen and it would just as the same function. Uh, and but it's obviously what I'm really saying to people is I can afford a Mont Blanc pen. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that there are other people. I'm sure that in higher echelons, there's even better pens than Mont Blanc pens, um, you know, for, for um, the super rich. Um, so what, what, what's, what's happening there? Let's talk about what I think we're going to talk about today is conspicuous consumption. Yes. When people, people, you want, you're buying something because actually the key is you want to people to see that you're buying it in some way. That's right. Yeah. So uh, it's an old idea. It goes back to uh, a guy named uh, Veblen, who was a, a sociologist. Um, I published one of his big ideas books on this in 1899 so good old idea it goes back a long way but the idea is that the the utility you get out of something say a pen uh, is part what it does for you um, that it writes but then at least for some stuff um, there's also this additional value of as you say people seeing you with it so uh, so he coined the term conspicuous consumption and then the idea is that there's some stuff that we buy some of the time where we want people to know that we have it. Um, so this old idea been around for a long time. It, it keeps reinventing itself, though. So right. the, most, the most classic examples of conspicuous consumption are high-end, high-status sure. goods. Um, sometimes we refer to badge products or badge brands. It is, it's visible to other people. And so, um, and those certainly still exist. Um, you know, every once in a while, you'll have the you know, the $10,000 gold-plated cell phone that, that will be on the market. and uh, These are very common examples. But it's not, if we think about it in just that way, I think we limit ourselves. I think there are lots and lots of examples of conspicuous consumption that happens at lower levels of, at lower price points, uh, or that emphasize different attributes. So, so I, sorry, so I'm, I'm just thinking, so I, I presume things like, um, you know, being in a product that says that I'm environmentally friendly. Yes. So recycling. I don't yep. know if you would necessarily buy that, but 
Um, I don't know actually. Um, one of my one of my families recently bought um, their electricity that only comes from renewable energy, which mm-hmm. costs them more money. Yep. Um, but you know they believe in the environment and all that that type of stuff, and they're willing to spend it on that. I'm and importantly, sure the way that you though. know about that is because yes. they told you. <laughs> Yeah, this is one of my kids. I'm going to have to have a word with them now. So, uh, (laughs) what? No, I mean, this is important, right? Because you could buy your environmentally friendly electricity because you think that it's important and because you wanted to do it. You could even tell other people about it because you think it's important that they do it too, right? So, we shouldn't overgeneralize and say, but there's also a group of people for whom at least some of the value of that is that they can tell other people and that. Other people now know something about them. So I think now, that the hybrid wait. marker on the back of hybrid cars, uh, maybe another example of this conspicuous consumption from an environmental perspective. Like, so I want the, you to know that I'm green. Yeah. So these are the people that that buy the hybrid so they can say they're environmentally friendly, but then never recycle at home. Um, some of them, yes. Right. So. And that's the difference between what we've always talked about, which is the difference between what customers may say and what they do. And I, and I, and I know I'm probably going a bit off piece here. Um, no, I, I mean, I think that, so first of all, they don't have to be mutually exclusive, right? Yeah. Um, I can be both virtuous and want other people to know that I'm virtuous, right? Um, for its own sake. I think that there are, though, people, you know, the, there's the whole greenwashing movement, um, and I think that that applies to consumers as well. So there are people who want to appear environmentally friendly, who want to kind of espouse those values, but don't want to be put out by actually changing their lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of that would be a conspicuous consumption behavior. So, uh, I, think, yeah. I think the whole hipster movement, um, which was big in the U.S., I think it's finally fading out. But I think there you had a lot of really interesting uh, non um non-expensive, non-luxury, conspicuous sure. consumption going on. So Pabst sure. Blue Ribbon, which is um, historically was this kind of cheap, low-quality beer. It was kind of what, what you drank in college when you couldn't afford to drink anything better. It had this resurgence among the hipster community, where, which thought that it had kind of more cultural uh, relevance. It was a real blue-collar beer. And so it became this kind of anti-status consumption symbol where you would drink this low-quality, low-priced beer uh, as a status symbol within that community. So it was a really interesting example of conspicuous consumption that was not high-priced or luxury. So I guess when you think about it, the word conspicuous is actually more important than consumption. Yes. Because conspicuous is the bit that says... Uh, and it could apply to other, other, clearly other things. It's this is saying something about me, uh, and not just the fact that I bought it, but maybe even what I'm doing says something about me uh, that I want people to think about me. That's it exactly. That I want people to know about me. I want people to understand. So you can get. I mean, I, conspicuous consumption is the most common in, you know. Things like cars and fashion, um, things where other people are going to very easily see it. But, you know, you've uh, CrossFit, for example, uh, is often a conspicuous consumption um, exercise program because the people who do it just won't shut up about it. And so they will let you know, 
even though exercise is something that only occurs at the gym. And so unless you were at the gym observing it, you wouldn't know. They turn it into something conspicuous because they, they like to talk about it so much. So there can be very private domains of consumption that turn into conspicuous because we, we make it conspicuous. So is this, and again, again, I'm maybe straying here, but the, the interesting thing about, um, the interesting thing about Facebook is, uh, and other type of those sort of social media platforms, it, it, you, what you're doing is you're portraying what you want people to see about your life yeah not necessarily your life <laughs> yeah. yeah so you know everyone's having a wonderful time but nobody well very few people go on there and go i'm feeling depressed today or i'm really bored and having a bad time today or you know that type of thing it's more about what you want people to think of you rather than what you necessarily are does that make sense yeah yeah i mean so social media has done a couple of interesting things in this regard. So it's, it's made much more of our lives conspicuous. Um, so, you know, think about all the people who take pictures of their uh, restaurant dinners or their, or their meals at home and post them on Instagram or Facebook. We're now taking something that was a relatively private experience and making it conspicuous. So everyone can now see, um, and people do that with a lot of stuff, right? So there's this weird phenomenon online of, of unboxing videos. I don't know if you've seen any of these where yeah, yeah. people will buy stuff and then yeah. open and let you yeah. see it. Um, I mean, that's that's a weird form of conspicuous consumption now where you can make almost anything conspicuous. I, I think your your second point, though, was that we can also kind of curate the conspicuousness of, of consumption um, maybe more than we could in the past where – you don't need to reveal everything about your your life and your lifestyle and, and the brands that you consume, um, but you can reveal a lot more if you choose to and, and show people whatever you want to in that regard. It's like the conspicuous consumption is what you want people to see about you, which doesn't necessarily mean to say that this is correct about you. It's only what you're putting out to what you want people to see does that make sense whereas if you again and i was i was reflecting back to all of the facebook scandal and the way that mm. the that data was being used where they were effectively understanding that in an extreme somebody may not think they're a racist but actually they are yeah um so you know you would be saying you know you would be putting on things that 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 sort of tell people you're not but actually your behaviors show that you are and therefore appealing to you know how you appeal to those different groups um is is different does am i making sense here yeah i mean that's a really interesting angle right so most of the time when we think about conspicuous consumption we um as the studies that I'm familiar with on it, we tend to think of it as deliberately conspicuous. So yeah. I'm I'm buying this or I'm wearing it or I'm showing it off because I want people to know. Um, I think that there's there may be an, an, another interesting angle on this, and I'm not I'm not aware of research that's been done on this, although I haven't looked um, where there may be kind of accidentally conspicuous consumption, where we may be sending signals <laughs> about ourselves that we are not even aware of through the things that we post online or the things that we buy or the things that we wear. Um, yeah. 
yeah, I mean, I guess thing. that's digging it down to digging it down to the next level. So, I mean, at a top level, it's it, conspicuous consumption is fairly easy. I, you know, I buy a Mont Blanc pen, I drive a Jag, I, you know, um, I, I, I buy something expensive because that's a status symbol. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or it could be uh, actually, I'm, I'm doing, I'm buying something that's low end because I want to be seen to be part of, and I guess it's part of, it's part of a tribe, isn't it, or something like that. It often is, yes. It's, I want to signal that I belong to this community, um, or I want to signal that I'm authentic, um, that I'm real, right? all of these things. Um, I mean, I. Yeah, you know, you, I, I I posted a picture. I'm revealing far too much about myself here. Um, uh, I posted a picture of um, uh, the chainsaws and axes. I live in a, on a big um, plot of land, and we have lots and lots of yard work that we need to do. Uh, we need to chop down trees occasionally, and so I I posted a picture of my my axe collection, which I have. Uh, an axe collection. An axe collection. I have axes of different sizes. Okay. Um, for different needs around the house. I can hear the judgment in your voice, Colin, and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> and I would remind you that you're judging me in the context of my having an axe collection. So Remind me never to come to your yourself. place on Halloween. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the point is, though, uh, I, thinking back on this now and self-analyzing, like maybe I was trying to signal something to my friend community about you know, this, this wimpy uh, um, academic uh, is also manly enough to do his own yard work and right. So I, I think that we we signal these things all the time about ourselves, often deliberately, um, but because we want people to know something about us. I think that need to self-express is yeah. fundamental um, and is very human, and, and we want to do that. And so because we live in a consumer society, we often and increasingly do that through consumption. Yeah, just just for your just for your gratification, I was um I was actually more thinking like Matt, the Mad Axe Murderer or something like oh, that. Were you, when is you that were what you were thinking, Colin? I was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can talk about this later. Yeah, um, absolutely. I know you're just jealous. See, I, here's what I've got a large axe. I've got a wood splitter axe. Are you writing this down? Um, <laughs> I've got a small hatchet. For, um, yeah. Uh, so here's where I think it's interesting from a customer experience standpoint. Yeah. Um, a lot of experiences that that uh, people had as customers over time were invisible. Yeah. Right. So you go to Disney World, you know, you go to a restaurant, you go on a trip. People are only going to find out about it later when they have to sit down for your slideshow in your living room. Or it, a lot of these things were just very difficult to communicate because of social media, because of technology changes, because everybody's now got a camera on them. Uh, on their phone, a lot of customer experiences that used to be invisible now can become conspicuous consumption. Um, yeah. So, you know, you, you go out for a horse ride, you snap a picture of yourself on the horse and you upload it to uh, Twitter and now thousands of people can see it. That, that private consumption experience is now public. And so that's an opportunity for customer experience managers. Um, is this experience that you manage something that you want to become public, that you want to become conspicuous? How can you maximize that experience from that perspective for your customer? Yeah. And, I, and I think the other part for me is it's, and this is again, goes back into, you know, understanding and some practical things, understanding 
about your customers. So the interesting bit for me is that it's actually conspicuous consumption with what target audience in mind. Mm. So let me let me let me give you an example. So is it an example involving axes? (laughs) I'm asking for a friend. No, it's not. It's to do with listen anyway. Let me pick handbags, um, which is maybe sort of slightly different to axes. Although, although with some handbags, you could fit an awful lot of axes in them. (laughs) (laughs) That's more terrifying than having an axe collection. Yeah. How do I transport my axe collection? See, now that's dangerous. (laughs) I love these linkages that we can make here from from axes to handbags. So that's our new tagline, by the way. (laughs) <laughs> intuitive customer podcast from access yeah. to hand <laughs> all the way from access to handbags um so the point i'm trying to make is um desperately trying to make it <laughs> is um the the target audience for the conspicuousness if that's a word um becomes important so there may be handbags that i'm not into handbags okay so Consequently, I know that we've got some friends that are so the our female some of our female friends are really into handbags and really yeah. go to some of the high end handbags. The reality is I haven't got a bloody clue what they are. So, you know, they can tell me that it's the Hokey Cokey 4000, which is, you know, a really top end handbag. I don't know. Yep. So actually, that's not conspicuous to me. I just think it's a handbag. Um, but to a group of people that understand that stuff and that stuff is important, uh, then that may be actually be seen to be really important. So I guess it's not just the fact that you're conspicuously consuming, but it's you thinking of, in this case, who are you conspicuously consuming to? Who do you want to impress and impress may mean spending lots of money or it may mean spending no money um but it's who do you want to impress as well does that make sense yeah it, uh, in fact it, it's a brilliant insight so one of my colleagues here at emory um professor named morgan ward she's actually studied exactly what you're talking about um and what they found was uh, a number of different uh, they looked at fashion domains um what you'll see is that the the branding elements on something like a handbag or designer shoes or sunglasses, the branding elements will get larger and larger. So think of a Chanel bag that has the Chanel logo like repeated over everywhere on the bag. Those branding elements will get larger and larger up to a certain price point, and then they'll start to get quieter and quieter to the point where there are some super high-end handbags where the the brand logo is almost invisible, like you can't see any branding elements in particular. And what they argue and what they find is exactly what you're arguing, which is um, people start to communicate to different audiences at a certain point. So if you're buying an expensive handbag uh, up to a certain price point, you're buying it because you want everyone to know that you have a Chanel handbag and that's fancy and um, that makes you a fancy person. Beyond that point... People start communicating to a different audience where they they only want to talk to the people who are such so in the know that they will recognize that as a fancy handbag, even though it doesn't have any of the kind of outward signals on it. Right. Um, because they're not talking to the masses anymore. They yeah. move beyond that. They only want to talk to uh, yeah. people in this elite community. So, so yeah, it's, it's very much about who do you want to talk to? Who are you communicating with? Uh, a yeah. lot of these 
hipster things that were cool, you know, uh, growing really crazy long beards or, um, you know, uh, sewing your own clothing. Or, like a lot of these things were not going to provide you any status at all in the larger world. Um, but within that community, they were very strong signals. Let Beyond Philosophy help you discover what your customers really want, not what they say they want, by uncovering the hidden drivers of value in your customer experience to create real ROI. Contact Beyond Philosophy by going to beyondphilosophy.com slash contact. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash contact. So when you go to your axe convention, uh-huh. um, it's really important, the shapes of the handles and all that type of stuff, I presume. Exactly. <laughs> when, when I'm talking to you non-axes, that's what we call them. Um, you don't appreciate it. Yeah, non-axes. I can tell you, Colin, that. this was not the way I anticipated this conversation was going to go today. No, but at least we got a tagline out of it, from <laughs> axes to handbags. I mean, the whole conversation has been worthwhile just to get that one little snippet out, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I assume I'm going to be visited by a government agency at some point um, after we post this, but it'll all have been worth it <laughs> because we got a tagline. Absolutely. Okay, so to round this up, just um, um, let me. Let, um, I, you've you've given some of your thoughts, and happy that you contribute some more. Um, but w- what does it mean you do? So uh, in, this is becoming a bit of a common theme here, but. Um, uh, the key part here again is understanding your customers yep. and therefore understanding what they want to be uh, conspicuous about. And it doesn't have to be high end. It could be low end as, as well. Um, but, you know, understanding your customers and what they want them to be conspicuous about and even going uh, to understanding the audiences that, um, that, that they then would need to follow. Uh, and, and as I'm saying this, I'm, I'm, I'm even thinking about, I don't know, construction. Yeah. You know, there are things in the construction industry that I'm sure will be people want to, you know, I've got a Caterpillar truck, uh, as opposed to, uh, Hokey Cokey 4000 truck, um, which actually again is maybe a bit more of a conspicuous consumption, but I guess it can be conspicuous consumption in that industry or maybe we should just say in that specialism so understanding what that specialism is i think is in, important and then again designing that into the experience any anything else you want to add ryan uh, yeah are you looking for opportunities to uh, allow your customers encourage your customers to turn the customer experience into something conspicuous so uh, when we went to Disneyland, we had several friends tell us, oh, you know, the employees will take your picture with your phone if you want. So you can stop them and they're they're all trained. I can't remember if we actually tried this out. So I don't know if I'm giving true or false information, but I heard this from several people. Um, and if that's true, it's a great idea for Disney. Right. Let's let's facilitate people taking pictures that they can post on social media and turn this into a conspicuous consumption. Yeah. Um, can you train your employees to offer pictures of, of customers? Are you building, you know, aspects of your experience that are photogenic? Like, oh, this is a great spot to stop during this part of the experience and snap a picture uh, of the, the experience or of you in it. Um, make these things shareable with the understanding that things that used to be private are, are now um, 
often very public and, and very conspicuous. And people get people like that. People get value out of it. So play play into it. Good. Okay, so um, uh, I'm I'm now going to go off and count my handbags, and Ryan's going to sharpen his axes, um, <laughs> and then um, you know maybe we'll be back next week to um, tell people how we've done. Sounds so, good. So thanks very much for listening, everybody. Uh, never thought you'd be never thought you'd be here us talking about axes and handbags in one session. Um, if you like this podcast, then it would be really great if you could tell some other people. Uh, and put a review on the um, on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you download the, this from. That would really help us. So thanks very much, everyone, and look forward to uh, talking to you next week. Thank you. So this is Colin. I promise to be back with you at the end of the show. If you want to undertake our self-assessment and get a free report, simply go to beyondphilosophy.com backslash assessment. That's beyondphilosophy.com backslash assessment. This has been the Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast. And we'll talk with you next time on the Intuitive Customer.